Good morning. You're listening to My Rapids Real Estate Show on AM 1320 WFHR, your weekly radio show focusing on real estate, the market, and everything related to housing in central Wisconsin. So welcome back. I'm Ben. And I'm Carrie Nikolai. And we are with Coldwell Banker Stewart Realtors here in Wisconsin Rapids. That is correct. Now these shows are pre-recorded. Yes, they are. But many times we understand when they come on. Mm-hmm. So this should be airing on Halloween. Halloween. Spooky day. And and this is fantastic because we've got a light in the studio that's flickering ominously and it's giving the aura of, you know poltergeist and whatnot in the house ghosts ghouls goblins witches warlocks so does that mean i need an electrician possibly that is on our list of things to do at the house it is is getting the uh the electrical redone mm-hmm. and that also kind of goes in line with what we talked with our broker with in the last hour of if you need electrical work done before you sell your house we can get the house listed and get you in the revitalized program Right. And again, that's that's an opportunity there to get the repairs done up ahead of time. All of those repairs get paid at the time of com- completion, but you as a homeowner do not pay them until time of closing, which is really great. So we can build that into your net proceeds and that way we can make some adjustments if we need to. So that that also comes down with even if you're not looking to get into that revitalized program or you're you're not seeing that the house needs repairs, still starting the conversation with us of what do you need to get out of the house financially and what you would like to see as a profit, we can help you budget for that and uh, use that as part of our comparable and market analysis for for the sale of your property. Right. We always did. We just did one just kind of recently where we did the, if you're going to sell the house as is, right now because you need to move this is what what it would be but if we made those few adjustments just by investing you know a little bit of money into it and a little bit of money in this case was about eight thousand dollars is what we figured and i know to a lot of people that's not a little bit of money but we were able to you know kind of explain to the homeowner that if you spend the eight thousand dollars into the home we can definitely get you into that next bracket to get out a profit that they were looking for. So they were looking for a particular profit moving out of the area. So we weren't quite there, but the house just needed a little bit of help. So it was just a question of, do we want to sell it the way it sits so that way we can just have a quick sale? Or do you just want to invest just a little bit more time into this to get out what you need to be out of the house? Right. Um, and a lot of people, I, we're the same way. Um, we live in the house and it's a place that you you're used to and it's comfortable and there's perhaps nothing wrong with it. And it fits your lifestyle. Mm-hmm. But even though that those things are all true and the house is still a good quality, it might not be what today's buyers are looking for. Right. Cause the buyers are going to come through and they're like, Oh, the flooring needs to be redone. There's, there's a thousand dollars. There's two grand in flooring that needs to be done. Again, why am I paying this much for a house that needs all these updates? They're going to be looking at it going, I'm not going to take off the $8,000 off that purchase price because that's what it's going to take to get it to that next level. Right. So it's a, it's a, I don't want to say it's a gamble, but it's one of those things where you need to weigh the, the pros and cons of, do we fix it up so that way we can ask for that higher price that will support it? Or do we just go, you know what, we're going to subtract all of that from the purchase price and sell the house, the next owner coming in can take care of those repairs or that upgrade. And we have sellers that are are going that route too. Mm-hmm. They, they just say, this is what it is. I, I don't want to deal with anything. So just poof, put it on the market and we'll, we'll see where it goes. Uh, normally those sellers have a lot of buffer um, on the proceeds side anyway. Mm-hmm. So if, if a negotiation requires that um, a reduction in price to appease the new buyer for the condition of the house that they're happy to do it because they're coming away with a, a sizable profit anyway. Mm-hmm. So we have options to help everybody. Right. This is great. Right. Definitely, you know, things to talk about when we come over to talk about listing the home of what can we do to get ready for it. We now have a new tool in our toolbox. 
Right. Now, Wednesday, we do our staff meeting. Mm-hmm. And we had a, a great visit by Joe Terry. He, yes. From yes. the from the city of Wisconsin Rapids. Mm-hmm. Um, and for those of you who don't know, the Wisconsin Rapids Council is looking at options to move away from the assessment process for street repairs or replacements. Right. So that's going to be a... A topic of conversation. So if you're listening and you're in the city of Wisconsin Rapids, so we need to be very clear that this is affecting residents in the city of Wisconsin Rapids. Mm -hmm. Not the mailing address of Wisconsin Rapids, but living in the city. So they're looking at going to a different system as far as how to determine road repairs or getting the funding for those road repairs for the utilities as well. Well, it's to create a utility that is for street construction, right. a, a, a street's utility. Uh, it'll be separate from the waterworks utility and the electric utility. But I mean, they currently even they all work together because it makes sense if you're replacing a road, you're going to want to replace the infrastructure underneath it. Right. Or if you're replacing, you know, if, if it's driven by the need to dig up the street and replace the water and sewer underneath it, why not just redo the whole street altogether? The problem is it's expensive. And right now they're passing on uh, 20% roughly of that cost onto the adjacent property owners. So if you live on the street, you're going to see some increased bills. And we've heard some stories of, you know, that repair was $5,000 all the way up to over $18,000 for the street repair right. for a property. So this is, is very much in the forefront of residents of Wisconsin Rapids of when our street gets repaired, I don't want to see that bill because they're hearing these stories of it was $18,000 that I get to pay back to the city. Well, yes, but at the same time, you know, they do have some payment plans and stuff like that, which in some cases still hurts the family who still has $18,000 to pay back. Right. Even if you amortize a $10,000 bill over 10 years, that's an extra $1,000 a year on your your tax roll. Mm-hmm. So I, I like the new system and especially the way Joe Terry explained it. He's extremely knowledgeable and especially about the history of the area and, and what ideas had gone through. Um, and they had looked at a bunch of different options too, like a, a wheel tax or things like that. But still like a wheel tax only puts that burden on the people who are already in the city. Mm-hmm. So doing this utility, the utility model burdens everybody in the city and also people who use the city um, as, as a pass-through or, you know, working here or whatnot, because businesses are putting into this utility program as well. So, you know, a, a fast food place gets a, a certain amount of trips allocated to them. So they're paying into the utility out of their profits as a business. And so the people who use that business could come from everywhere. You know, right. at this Stevens Point, Marshfield, they could just be traveling in to go down to Sand Valley. So it's, I think it's, it's fairly equitable. And once it gets rolling, it'll just be something in the background. Yes. And it's going to be, there's a lot of city council meetings about this. Mm-hmm. So we always encourage new city residents to go onto the city's web, um, Facebook page, like their page, and they can sit back and they can watch all the city council meetings that are going on to learn more about this. There has been letters being put out, but I'm sure as you and I both know, we get something from from the city and we're like, oh, it's a letter from the city. We read it and then we just kind of put it off in the back corner. Like, oh, that's nice. That doesn't exactly apply to me. Right. You know, so we put it off to the back corner and next thing you know, maybe a second letter comes out. It's like, oh, do I remember this? Nah, uh, it's okay. It's a letter. Again, it goes back in, the, in that same pile. But now that more people are talking about it, so that way they have a better understanding of how this new assessment or utility it, it's a is utility. a utility charge. Because it's not really, right. it, it's a charge. It, it, it'll work the same way as uh, water and light is charged. Okay. It's a, it's a bill. It's a charge. So it's, it's not a tax. Unless you don't pay it and then it gets, becomes one perhaps gets put onto the tax roll. They still have to work out a couple of details and it's not finalized exactly how right. everything, but it's pretty close. So yeah, if you have any questions, you know, go on the city's Facebook page, 
There's lots of videos on this about this. So take a look at it. It's really interesting to to learn about it. Right now, it currently doesn't affect us as homeowners because we are now living in Grand Rapids, but all of our new residents are coming into the city. We're definitely talking about this during showing so that way they understand that there is going to be a change. Right. Um, the other thing is <clears throat> doing research about the place that you're moving to is really, really easy now because of the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I very much appreciate, especially the, the larger city environment that can spend a little bit more money on you know, social media or a really good website like Wisconsin Rapids does. Um, we're, we're very blessed that the city's website is pretty easy to use and fairly comprehensive. We've had a lot of questions that we just go to the website and we get a, a cool answer for. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, social media as well. There's, um, And I really do like how all the town, all the council meetings, the town board meetings, they're all Facebook Live. Mm-hmm. You know, granted, some of them start at four o'clock in the afternoon, but I can have that on and be listening about what's going on during that meeting while working on something else. I can multitask. So it's kind of nice to, to kind of hear that where something comes up and it's like, oh, this is now something I really want to learn about. I can stop what I'm doing and continue watching. And then after a couple of listens to a couple of different meetings, you start to get into the, the rhythm. It's like watching a TV show. Right. That you kind of understand. I don't want to call it a soap opera. But, well, yeah, sometimes it is. <laughs> you know, but but you just understand the flow of the show. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, I, I only need to tune in to a couple key things because there's going to be a little bit of fluff, you know, and you can kind of just tune out the fluff. And once you understand the politics that are going on, you know, and it, it, especially if they come back to the same person, they're starting to beat a dead horse. You can tune out just a little bit until they move on to the next thing. Right. But yeah, it's it's interesting to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes soap operas. Um, and YouTube, the uh, Wisconsin Rapids Area Community Media, um, I believe they still do. I haven't tuned in in a while, but I believe they still do the uh, Grand Rapids, Nakusa, and Port Edward board meetings as well. So, And the county board meetings, because those are always even more interesting. Uh, you get to see what's going on in like Pittsville and Marshfield area and okay. everybody in between. So sometimes there's a uh, hot topics that come up with local politics. Yes. All right. So thinking of a little bit of hot topics. So this is going to be airing on spooky day. Ho, 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 ho. Wait, no. Although it is creepy that, you know, a fat elf comes down a chimney in December, but this is Halloween. This so. is Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> Totally lost on that that one, but you'll explain it later. All right, so it's going to be Halloween. So trick or treating, we always enjoy trick or treaters at our place. So we've got some good times for you. So we're going to kind of break this down into time frames. So just in case you wanted to start off in one and move to the next one, um, the first one to start would be Vesper and Rudolph from four thirty to six thirty. So if you want to. I guess that's not the first one. I'm going to check, backtrack that one. Okay, so the first one starting is Nakusa and Pittsville at 4. There we go. From 4 until 7. You get a little bit longer trick-or-treating. But then you can head up to Vesper and Rudolph from 4.30 to 6.30. Trying to do this in time order. And then starting a little bit later in the evening, we've got Buren, Port Edwards, Grand Rapids, and Wisconsin Rapids starting at Five from five until seven. So during those times, so pretty much from four thirty to seven, you know, drivers out there, just be careful, be cautious of kids running in and out of the streets. They're not going to be looking because they're super excited about the candy. So just a little bit of caution on driving. And we see as tradition, if you would like to do the candy thing and get the trick or treaters, put a light on on your front porch. Mm-hmm. Um, and if not, you know. Keeping the house dark is probably a good idea. And, you know, again, too, if you are going to be handing out candy and you've got a couple steps leading up to your house, maybe just having a chair sitting outside, bundle up because it's probably going to be a little bit chilly. But, you know, sit down at the bottom of the stairs. That way you don't have to worry about the little kids trying to climb those stairs and tripping in their costumes. Right. I think uh, the weather on Saturday. Uh, this is going to be Sunday. 
Well, just hold okay. on. The weather on, on Saturday is looking to be like in the 50s. And the weather on Sunday is looking to be in the 30s, almost 40. Awesome. So, yeah. It's a good classic Halloween this year. It is. So we're figuring from about four to seven in most places that that'll encompass most things. Most things. Nice. Yeah. So get your, your candy ready. Make sure all of your walkways are well lit and enjoy those little trick-or-treaters. So there's a couple Halloween tips to pass on. Um, the first is if you're buying candy, buy candy that you like to eat just in case you don't get as many trick-or-treaters as you think. And if you buy the multi-flavored pack, it is okay and very acceptable to open it up, dump it out on the floor, and pre-search your candy. So that way you can kind of start with the stuff you like the least out of that group mm-hmm. and get rid of all of that first and just kind of put them in, in order so that way your favorite is at the end. So just in case, like you said, not everybody, you don't get that many trick-or-treaters, you have not given away the stuff you want to eat. Exactly. Um, and if you're making costumes or getting costumes for yourself and the children, uh, anticipate you know putting some reflective items on or or things that are flowy and flashy, mm-hmm. you know. So like the uh, the butterfly wings or the fairy wings, those are really good because they provide movement. Um, the black ninja costumes might not be the best idea in the dark, although they'll they'll look cool at the party afterwards. You know, right? Getting some reflective armbands or something like that that'll definitely help. And uh, yeah, make sure when you're driving around to pay attention because drivers are also. Onloading and offloading people so they're not wholly paying attention to what's going on in the roadway around them, which is mm-hmm. understandable. And also with your pets, you know, if you got a dog at home who's not going to do well with people knocking at the door every two seconds, mm-hmm. you know, make sure those pets are secured either in the basement, give them some toys to play with, something to kind of distract them. So that way they're, they're not barking up a storm for you. And the same thing with your cats. I know with Fox, um, the door opens and she like splits and she hides. But if you've got a cat that's going to try to sneak out, be best to make sure that they're safely secured in a room. Or on a leash or some other situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, putting a chair outside and, and doing the driveway surfing Halloween, you know, it's, it's a decent idea too. And if we're looking at social distance type ideas, you know, if, if you're sitting outside and you've got a bowl of candy, you know, a couple feet away on a, on a table. Cool. Kind of a self-serve deal. Right. We also seen some really cool, um, on the internet options, setting up like a zip line. Yes. You know, so you can, can send out a, a trolley with your candy on a zip line from yourself to a pole at the end of the driveway. We might have to look into doing that for next year. Yeah. We've got a little bit of a walk down our driveway and across to the front door. Well, we do have the, the lantern. We have the Narnia lantern right. in the front driveway. So that could be the end point. And it's close enough to the front door where I think we'd have a good angle to do something. Mm-hmm. And I think that'd be, it would be an option. So maybe in the spring, we'll take a look at it and see if we can rig something up so that way we can do that next year. Yep. And then stay tuned for the following week because I'm sure we'll be talking about Christmas decorating. Oh, yes, because winter is coming. Oh, yes. So what's next? All right, so we always want to take a look at the market here. So hour two has always been our market update. So what's going on in the local area? Do we have houses that are available to sell? Oh, we do. We have 48 homes in the greater Wisconsin Rapids area. In all price ranges? In all price ranges. That don't currently have an offer on them? Currently do not have an offer. We could go make an appointment, see it today, and write an offer today. And again, this is all pre-recorded on when... Oh, today's Thursday. Today's Thursday. We're doing it on a different day. It's okay. We're mixing it up. All right. So it's when, I keep wanting to say Wednesday morning, but Thursday. All right. So Thursday, 9 a.m. All right. So we're looking at 48 homes. So if we do under $100,000. Yes. Under $100,000. It is thinking. We've got 15 homes. That's pretty good. Right. Are, Are they clustered in a certain like price group? Are we looking at? The most popular is 80000 or something? So we are looking at starting off at sixty four nine. We've got a couple. we got two homes in this, you know, under 70. And again, two homes under under 80. 
That's pretty good. Right. So our next big one is at 80,000 where we've got, I want to say five homes, maybe six. So, I mean, we've got some, some decent sized homes that would definitely be an option. And that's exciting because those are in the still really, really affordable. Mm -hmm. They're still on the budget friendly. Mm-hmm. But and they're probably going to need a little bit of work. Some of them may, some of them may not. And again, it depends on what the seller needs out of their house. Right. So, uh, you know, one looking at one of them, it, they've already flipped it once. So kind of looking at was in the house three years ago mm-hmm. and now it's up for sale again. They redid a few things. They did a nice job with it. So it also could be the size of the home. This one is, you know, a little bit smaller, but really cute the way that they redid it. So if we're looking above that 100,000, I believe I go to 135. Let's just go to 135. So between 100 and 135, we have 14 homes. Well, that's pretty good. 14. That's a very popular price range. It is. And again, still in that that good budget friendly. Right. And we're looking at maybe ready for that next upgrade. So again, all all homes are gently used homes. But they, these might be just ready for that next little upgrade. They're going to be moving ready, but just now may need like a fresh coat of paint and an option to make it your own. Usually as we move up in price range, you get more options. It's, I don't want to say it's like buying a car, but it's kind of like buying a car. Because mm-hmm. the more you spend, usually the more options and upgrades you get or mm-hmm. its size. Very true. Okay, so where do we go next? I got to go back here. Or do, we, or do we want to talk about some of the really cool houses that are in that price range? Well, that's what I was, I was trying to debate whether or not we needed to. Um, we had on some of them last week because we do have two listings in that price range, in that 117 price range. Mm-hmm. So we have Third Street. And that one, again, is a two-bedroom, two-story home. Right. With a On the th- second level, there's a bonus room. Could be used as a bedroom, could be used as an office, but it doesn't have a closet. And it's got the heat, it's got the window, but it doesn't have a closet. So again, it could be that craft room, could be the office. It could be used as a bedroom if you don't mind having a closet. Could be turned into a walk-in closet. Ooh, could do like a whole, you know, suite thing up in the In the, the upstairs. upstairs. Yeah, so there's a lot of options for that particular home, mm-hmm. but it's got a very nice garage. So it's got a four-stall garage to the house. It's huge. It is huge. And it was very recently, was recently built uh 2013 so i guess it would still be recently as far as housing goes yeah yeah um it's not it's not insulated but be very easy to insulate and heat so if you needed to have that heated garage definitely have that opportunity and then the other one we have is on second avenue Mm -hmm. and that is going to be three bedroom three bedroom one -hmm. on the main floor main floor laundry right and it's really nice so we're going to come back to these two homes because we are going to be doing an open house on Halloween on these Ooh. two homes. So Right about the time that this is airing. Right at the time of this is airing. So you can hear about it and then head over to the open house because they do start at 11 o'clock. Oh, that's perfect. I'm going to have to check to see which one I'm going to first because I'm doing a double header. Right. So either I'm going to third first or I'm going to second first. Not exactly sure right now, but the nice thing is... My phone will tell me. It's in your calendar. It's in my calendar. But uh, yeah, we've got some open houses this weekend. So those will be the two. We'll be talking about those a little bit later on. Um, Let's get back into the uh, market. So if we did the 135 up to 175. Which is also a very popular price range. We have four. That's because it's a very popular price range. And if something comes on, it goes off real quick. Exactly. So four. Four. I got some great homes there. Okay. Um, so. so again, we're kind of starting off at that one th- one forty price, going all the way up to one seventy. So when you kind of look at you know what's for pricing out homes for people who want to put their home on the market, we're going to be looking at what's in that in that price range to do the. This is what your competition is. You know, are you in line with that? Are you a little bit better than what's out there in that price range? And so. If, we're going to be listing something in that 170 price range that's going to have no competition. So that's definitely a, a strategy that we use when we you know, bring houses onto the market. It's like, can we 
slide it into a certain range. Mm-hmm. You know, do you want the house to go really fast, but it's maybe worth a little bit more? Well, let's start in this, you know, particular price range that's doesn't have a lot of competition. Mm-hmm. So if we looked between that 175 to the 225, so 175, 225, we're looking at one home. One home available to go see today to write a, to write an offer on. Okay. Whereabouts is that one located? Um, that one's going to be in Saratoga. Okay. Very good. So what's above the 275? Okay. So above 275, we're going to leave it open-ended just to see what we have because we got 15 homes. So we'll see what we can, we can break some things down. Um, yeah, our next price range is going to be in that two, 240. So again, if we're looking at homes that are available, what's the competition out there? And if you're looking for, you know, a lot of bedrooms, a lot of space, usually a little bit of land, a little bit of acreage. Mm-hmm. We're going to have it. We're definitely going to have some options for you. Just like over at one of our listings at 410 Payne, which has city as municipal sewer and water. So it's got all the convenient utilities. You don't have to worry right. about that. But it's on what, about 15, 15 acres? 15 acres. So you can bow hunt on this. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of deer on this land. And it's a very large two-story house. 3,000 square feet. Um, what are we looking at? Three bathrooms or two? Three bathrooms. Right. And uh, at least three bedrooms. There's a fourth bedroom. It's a little bit on the smaller side, but it is a bedroom, so we can count it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a little bit on the small side. It's a house that you, it's a must-go-see. Right. Because we keep calling it the kid suite. So the upstairs is pretty much just dedicated to the kids. So if you have an older child that's going to come back and live with you, they can have their own space because it has its own living room, which is kind of cool. It actually has two living rooms. If you've got a large amount of people that you want to have living with you, yet you know, more than three. Well, this th- could this be the crafter's be, delight. Or that, right? A great entertaining house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great crafting house. Yeah, because we got one one set at the top of the stairs with the, all the built-in storage. Perfect for all the quilting stuff. And with the large room itself, it'd be perfect for a long-arm quilting machine mm-hmm. because it has the space and it's a wide stairwell to move everything up. So big stairs, lots of room, perfect for the, for that quilter, for that crafter. Well, and even if you wanted to um, take kind of that, that sporting playroom, which is, again, extremely large. I think it's like 18 by 22 or something like that. Yes. Um, yeah, you could even put in a, a almost full-size loom. Mm-hmm. You know, you could do big-scale weaving stuff. Yeah. yeah. Lots of options. Lots of options out there for this home. And that's, um, we changed the price a little bit. What's that at now? We're at three, I gotta find it. I believe it's 350. I got out of the screen. I gotta get back in. Sorry, it was a little, little click happy there. So 359. 359 is not too bad for that size of house on the no, acreage. With the acreage. A couple outbuildings. Four outbuildings. Yeah. And it's, um. On the outskirts of town, but still near the uh, walking trail on your way to Port Edwards. Mm-hmm. And it does have all the city services. So, yeah. Right. That'd be perfect. Okay. Is there anything else that you got in about the local market? Uh, no, that's it. We've got it all kind of wrapped up. So, the Wisconsin Realtors Association has published uh, home sales numbers for September. Okay. <clears throat> um, like, it usually takes a couple weeks for all the numbers to come in and be finalized and gathered, tabulated from all the counties around the state. Well, we got the closings on the last day of the month, so they still mm-hmm. need to be be counted. Right. Um, and then I believe this takes into account the for sale by owners as well. So those have to be um, registered, cataloged in a, in a certain way. Sometimes there's little pending issues, but also it's 72 counties. Mm-hmm. So to get all that information takes a couple weeks. Let's see. So in September, statewide, number of homes sold was 8,470. So if we're kind of looking back at general patterns, this is a little bit down from a seasonal, but it's not, it, it's only by about 150. Over the last couple of years, that trend seems to be still September closings 
know, people who are signing for their house closed on, in September, those transactions started a month or two ago. Right. So it's, it's slowing down just a little bit. Um, overall, here in 2021, we are still having a great year as far as home sales. It's still strong across the state, but it's starting to moderate from the craziness that was uh, the last two years. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Uh, the median price is the other thing that we really, really like to look at. Uh, the median price for sales in September was $245,000. That's not too bad. July and August was two hundred and fifty. June was 256. May was 246. So we're again back into a, a seasonal swing. So we're coming down just a little bit. Um, my instincts are saying that this is somewhat of a, um, a trend because at the end of the summertime, houses that had been put on a month or two before in the spring that were still sitting maybe had come down in price. Mm-hmm. So they wanted to you know, liquidate those listings before school started, before Labor Day, that type of thing. So they still closed in September, and our median price is 245 across the state. So we can delve in a little bit and get closer into a region and into our county. So okay. the, the county of Wood in September had 99 houses sold, which is still pretty good and on average. It was also the same as September of last year. So 99 homes sold in September of 2020 as well. Um, let's see, July and August were 111 each, and June was 109. So we're, we're still keeping strong, and it follows exactly the state trend of being down just a little bit. The median price for homes sold in September was 150000 um, Let's see, July and August was 175000 and June was 165. The median price in May was 154,000. Okay. So we're following the same trends as everybody else. And still a median price of 150,000 is very very strong and let's see in 2020 the highest median price month was 156. So our our prices are still coming up but like everything it seems to be plateauing. Which okay. is which is good that it's it's stabilizing, mm-hmm. and we've been talking about stability over the past year or so, and it's well, everyone keeps talking about this bubble, and they're waiting for this bubble to burst and and have everything fall apart, right? And you know the numbers are right there; it's it's leveling off. It's not crashing. It's not crashing. So, of course, this is being driven a little bit by stability and in interest rates. Mm-hmm. I mean, we still had a really good interest rate set. We're I- still seeing two point eight coming across. You know, from from lenders, we've seen a couple uh, 3.1. Right. So they're still low. It's not like back in the day where it was 10 or higher. So we're still low enough where we're still getting a good rate. And the the home as an asset is always um, going to be kind of a buffer against general market inflation. Mm -hmm. Home sales usually don't jump and surge. And even the past couple of years. It wasn't an immediate 50% increase. You know, the house that was worth 100000 in two months wasn't worth 200000 Right. You know, it's a slow gain up and down. Um, a lot of times people equate the real estate with stock market. And yes, they're both investments, but real estate is, is far more um, temperate in their investment. So it, it, it's, it's a long game. Okay. Um, and we see, you know, that's one of the worry of people who are coming in and purchasing a place that seems to be well over what it's valued. You know, it's, it's like, we're worried that they're not going to have that investment appreciate fast enough, but it depends on what the person wants to do with it. if they want to offload it in six months, well, probably not. Right. You know, it's a time to mature for that investment. So five years plan, 10 years plan. Yeah. You you know, figure out what it's worth to you in, in your, in your plan, what you want to do with your real estate investment. Mm-hmm. So that, again, that's kind of the uh, antiseptic, you know, sort of like sterile numbers portion of it. But like we've been talking about, it's, there's a lot of feelings, a lot of emotions too, that go along with this. So, cool. Anything else you want to talk about in, in the real estate market? 
there was something I was going to bring up, but I cannot remember at this point. So we'll keep going. And I'll just like jump back into it. Okay. Because remember, we're going to come back to where our open houses are. Right. We're going to need to come back to that. And I got to find my phone because my phone has got that information. Okay. The uh, staged, styled, sold blog. Ooh, yes. I love this one. Yep. This this one is from the National Association of Realtors. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Of course, this week is Halloween themed. So 10 horrifying home design trends, 2021 edition. Ooh. Right. The most regrettable fad designs that designers hope will fade away. So this is brought to us by uh, staff editor, Melissa Dittman Tracy. So she says, home trends come and go, but designers hope some will vanish faster. As the styled, staged, and sold blog, we compile an annual list of scariest home design fads. This year, we're highlighting trends that may start to take a property uh, to look a little bit dated. Here's what's giving home designers the frights. 10, on our list, number 10 is sliding barn doors. Sliding barn doors. That's kind of a shock. Right. Um, the thing is, the, they're, they're very practical. They kind of blend the, I need to have a pocket door to, right. suit, to suit the situation so the swing door doesn't get in everybody's way. Right. And But you don't have to bust open a wall. I was going to say, you don't have to tear, tear apart a wall. Mm-hmm. So the article says, as the farmhouse style, excuse me, as the farmhouse style loses traction, these sliding barn doors are sliding down designers' priority lists. They are bulky and can be impractical sometimes because they don't always glide smoothly on a track. You know, a lot of this comes to installation. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, smaller sliding panels hung on both sides of a doorway, perhaps, um, kind of like the French doors. So there's two panels and they slide together, meet in the okay. middle. Um, sometimes with glass, glass panel door, and in trendy colors like navy or green, those are gaining popularity. I could kind of see that because if we, okay, so we're going to use our living room, living room kitchen. So this opening right here. Right. Um, I know our viewers can see this opening right here. Oh, it's gorgeous. It's Look a, at that. Gorgeous. But if we wanted to have a, a barn door to close off the kitchen to the living room, we wouldn't be able to hang anything on the living room wall. Because as we leave the door open, right. it's going to hide everything. Mm-hmm. And you wouldn't be able to hang a picture on there because the door would be close to the wall. So your hanging or your picture is going to the top half of the door. And then what do you do with light switches? Right. Now you could stand off the door, you know, the inch and a half to accommodate sliding in front of those things. Mm-hmm. But then you're also encroaching into your, your living space right, on whichever side. Now, if you've got big spaces and, you know, the farmhouse styles, sometimes those farmhouses are actually, you know, appropriate to having a barn door inside. So if the style of your house is conducive to that, hey, it might be an option. Um, we're also seeing it on like uh, cabinet door upgrades, mm-hmm. you know, where you want to uh, kind of refinish your cabinet and add on this like sliding barn door system to it so a small version of that and it's got the same amount of problems um i was just looking at tv stands over yeah. at the home center yeah and that that's a trend it is and i think it's appropriate there so that way if you want to hide the dvd player you can mm-hmm. and when you need to get into it you can just slide the door over i see the potential there but i can see how they want to try to get away from the sliding barn door so number nine well you'll like this one Number nine, to get away from open kitchen shelving. Mm -hmm. So the trend of swapping out upper cabinetry for open shelving has become a go-to method to make kitchens airier and brighter. Plus open shelving can lead to savings on a kitchen remodel. But in reality, open shelving can be a tough look to pull off. Dishes and glassware must always match and be perfectly organized. That goes against the current grain during the pandemic as homeowners seek to hide their clutter, not put it on display. So, yeah, it definitely takes management. It does. But, you know, there, there are a lot of benefits to the open shelving in the kitchen. This one happens to be, again, that farmhouse style in the picture. Um, the, you know, a stout, bulky shelf mm-hmm. can, you know, especially a big kitchen with high ceilings might be a good option. And then you can put on display those things that you're 
using constantly. And if it's a consistent motif, you know, the white porcelain with blue ink that has the roosters and chickens on it, yeah, it goes with your farmhouse motif. But what's wrong with the open shelving, Carrie? Why don't you like it? I personally do not like it because I use my kitchen. I don't want to say I abuse my kitchen, but I use my kitchen consistently enough where I get the layer of grease on everything. Mm-hmm. So you're constantly having to degrease your shelving, your shelving. And everything so, on it. Right. So once a month or once every other week, you're going to have to go through and degrease everything. And you try to pull off that last plate and it's just covered in grease. That's where I kind of draw the line as far as a sanitary thing. And working in a professional kitchen, I know exactly how much grease gets put onto everything. And even in our own kitchen here at the house, when we're cooking consistently, you got all that grease in, in the air. When we look at, you know, light fixtures. And in the last house, we had the rope, we had the track lighting mm-hmm. and had to go up and change the light bulbs a couple of times. And I'm impressed that it did not induce fire because there was so much grease on there just from the everyday cooking that we do. So interesting that you bring up the uh, professional or industrial kitchens because there's a lot of open shelving. There is. That's there. Um, But they also have professional pressure washer people and professional cleaners that come in and degrease everything on a Mm -hmm. routine basis. I mean, I just, I just remember cleaning some of those upper shelving units that may have not gotten touched in a while. And it was just a little bit on for me, a little bit on that growth side. Well, remember, we have to clean our spaces. We do. Okay. So the article has number eight as nautical motif. Yeah. Nautical motifs run amok. It says coastal design is one of the most beloved styles featured on Instagram, according to a 2020 study from Angie's List. But you don't need in your face nautical motifs like huge anchors, tons of seashells, and sailor's ropes. Coastal interiors in locations far away from the beach can look silly rather than stylish. Make sure any design theme for your home matches your location. Get coastal inspiration without being so literal about it. Try mixing in trendy blues, adding some driftwood and weathered wood accents, or even an occasional coral accessory. So less is more. Mm Mm-hmm. So if you keep your coastal accents, you know, kind of quarantined to the bathroom, you know, have the seashell display on the back of your toilet and on your vanity, maybe that might be enough. But we, we've seen this kind of represented locally in our lake homes. Mm-hmm. Um, if, and it's more of a rustic beach than right. Cancun beach. So how beachy can you be? And it makes sense if the house, you can actually see the water from the house. Okay, that makes sense. You know, have, right. have have your lake home theme. And it, I've seen it done very well, and I've seen it done kind of, well. If you love your Florida so beaches, the white sandy beaches, and you live in Wisconsin, it's going to, you need to be able to pull it off correctly when there's white snow on the ground. Right. If you're really a fan of the beach, come over to Lake Wazicha, and then you can, you know, walk on the red sand beach. And track that home. And it gets everywhere. So it'll just be a. Experience you bring back. Okay, number seven is all white interiors. So white walls, furnishings, rugs can feel uninspiring. Homes are getting more color treatment, particularly on the walls and cabinetry. Accent walls are making a comeback, adding a pop of color to a space with bright paint or bold wallpaper. Cabinetry is getting more colorful too. Um, Blue vanities are very popular, especially in bathroom renovations. They've doubled over the past year. Um, That's according to a 2021 House Bathroom Trend study. Meanwhile, kitchen islands are getting premium attention in an all-white kitchen by by getting painted blue, gray, or even green. So we we see this in a a number of trend suggestions when you know people are staging a house, Mm -hmm. or you know even on the the television. You know all those HGTV shows. It's really easy just to go with a can of white paint. Or some sort of off-white, whatever. A cream. Paint everything. And it is. It's neutral and it can help buyers come in and, you know, not be offended by a particular color that they don't like or they can't see themselves in. Mm-hmm. But it is very sterile. Right. So kind of the best of both worlds. Mm-hmm. 
Um, in our other articles, we've seen some options like um, suggested bringing in plants, you know, even fake plants. Sometimes those are the best plants to have. Right. You don't have to water them. You don't kill them. They're easy to clean. Remember our interview with Chai Home Interiors? You can actually go over there and get some fake pets as well. Yes. Cool. Okay, so number six is oversized desks. The article says, the home office has taken center stage as more people work remotely. But big, brown, claw-footed desks are no longer on trend. Instead, smaller, more modern styles are in vogue, such as glass tabletops with shiny metal frames or light-colored wood tones that don't overpower a space. Even adjustable desks that allow you to stand or sit, they're adding more flexible designs to home offices. And of course, pictured is the classic, it almost feels like the lawyer The dark, office. dark cherry. Right. Which I love. I know, so it's, do I. I. I would still go with it, but kind of in agreement that the oversized furniture needs to go. And I'm thinking also... With a home office, um, we're trying to, you know, incorporate that into an existing home that maybe doesn't have a dedicated office space mm-hmm. and certainly doesn't have a 700-square-foot room that you can put in these huge, cherry architectural bookcases and whatnot. Right. Um, so minimalist is a little bit better. And with the computing power that's in our laptops and tablets, we don't need to have such a, a massive... You know, computer workspace. So there's often. something about, about being able to spread out. I mean, our kitchen table oh, sure. is what four four by three feet. You sure, think? sure, something like that. Okay, so something like that. If I work at the kitchen table, I can definitely spread out, and this whole entire table is covered with some sort of paperwork. Mm-hmm. But I know where everything is, and it's just kind of mm-hmm. nice to have that elbow room and that space to be able to do it. But if I go into the office here at the home i have an 18 by 36 36 desk and i can work on that which i can do but it's just kind of nice every once in a while to get that little bit of elbow room and spread out and fluff all the all the papers so of course the article is focused on styling and staging your house Mm -hmm. um having a less chunky office desk in an office space in your home um, would really make the room feel bigger, you know, and someone else can come in and see it's pretty neutral. It doesn't have to look like the presidential oval office to be considered an office space. And one thing that we looked at too, when we sold our house on 11th street is we did have a, a smaller desk in one of the rooms, except for it's an old family heirloom and the paint is not exactly even throughout the desk and so it was suggested to us to either paint it so it's all one color to look better or to just remove the whole entire thing completely right so talking about paint number five is painted arches it says the painted arch trend has begun all the rage on instagram whether it's brightly colored and pastel toned these focal points help to highlight furniture and open shelving However, some designers are saying painted arches can make your room feel smaller and the ceiling appear lower. Quote, I really hope painted arches will stay in 2021, end quote, says Jessica Harris, manager and production design for Living Spaces, a natural, or excuse me, a national furniture firm. Yeah. So we haven't quite seen this one unless it's an architectural archway between two rooms mm-hmm. that painting um, sort of a faux arch on a wall. We haven't quite seen this We have trend. not seen that, no. That'll be interesting to follow. Number four is the Tuscan kitchen design. Very popular, the Tuscany sort of Tuscan boho, whatever you want to call it, from the early 2000s. You know, dominated by dark reds, chocolate browns, a lot of gold. Mm-hmm. Um, the lighting was ornate, wrought iron finishes, and, and we've seen this look really really good and you've got to have the space in the house to do it you know natural stone countertops yeah but it's definitely not a current trend no. at all no but still if you've got got the house with the tuscan look and it's all through the house you know it it could very well fit that style and, and a lot of people still like it 
Number three is minimalism. Oh no, these are styles that are scary and we're hope, we hope will go away. So a completely uncluttered and sparse living environment is the minimalist. Like I've given up everything. I'm now going to sleep on and my couch. Well, or, or on the yoga mat in this, you know, completely sparsely decorated room that has nothing but a table and a plant. <clears throat> um, the, the article says it can feel sad because of lack of personality. Now, this is, of course, the extreme. Right. With people spending more time at home, they're seeking more mean, meaningful interiors and placing more personal home accents on display. So the, the minimalist mentality is very good for mental health maybe not so good as a design trend when you're trying to sell the house. Okay. Um, we, we tend to say when we're, you know, looking to list someone's house, you can either go really two ways of having it look staged and styled or just take everything out and having it a blank slate, trying to go in the middle and it's like, Oh, we'll, we'll just leave a single some, chair. Yeah. It's just some furniture just so they have an idea for space wise. But if it's just like one chair and one lamp in the living room and that's it, it's kind of sad. It is. Another trend that we hope will go away is acrylic furniture. So tables, dining chairs, just made of the thick, bulky plastic that's simply molded. I Yeah, it, it I can of, see that. It's very 80s, 90s. Mm-hmm. It came back in popularity again in the 2010s. So I think that one can go away pretty easy. Um, number one thing that we hope will go away is moss walls. We haven't seen this one locally, which is kind of good. I was going to say, we haven't seen this. It has not hit our area yet. So that trend is yet to show up. It says everyone loves indoor plants, but adding them to your walls may be a little bit overkill. Living walls, which actually have greenery growing on them, have touched their health benefits, you know, purifying indoor air, reducing volatile organic compounds. But benefits aside, watering and growing anything on your wall is not a trend that can be overdone. So, yeah. The, the living walls, I hope we don't see that locally. All right. So, yeah, that's our, that's our styled and staged advice article. All right. Excellent. So, our open houses really quickly. So, this Sunday, so right after this program airs, we are going to be heading over to 3rd Street from 11 to 1230. And then heading over to 2nd Avenue from 1.30 to 3. Sounds good. Now, how can people get a hold of you? They can get a hold of me by calling 715-323-2577. Or they can text me. You guys all have a great Central Wisconsin Day and hope to see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.